Last week we were partaking of the Holy Communion and we were reminded about the covenant that we have with God. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> I just want to pick up a few things just to alert you to the importance of the covenant and why God says he shall not break his covenant. So I'll make it in simple terms. When you buy something from the shop, especially if you're buying it on credit, they usually enter into a contract with you. They will give you the terms of the contract. They will give you what you need to pay, but they also give you what are your rights and what are your benefits. And then <coughs> both parties, <coughs> so when you sign and they also sign, both parties are bound to that agreement. And there, will, there is something called a breach of a contract. In other words, if you don't follow the instructions or you don't go with what is agreed upon, you are in breach. Now, a covenant is more higher than that. A covenant, especially the covenant between us and God, God loved us so much that he had a lot of things to do for us, starting with forgiving our sins. And you saw last week how he entered into a covenant with Abraham. Maybe let's go there to Genesis chapter 17. I'll do verse 1 and 2 so that you can understand the importance of the covenant so that you also may enjoy the benefits of the covenant that you have with God. <coughs> so, with whatever contract that you have with the shop or whoever, usually they give you something in exchange for giving them something. But our covenant with God is one-sided. Like I told you last week, God has everything and we had nothing except our sins. So we only could bring sins, we could only bring sicknesses to the table. But God had everything. He did not need anything from us. So, why a covenant is different from a contract? Especially a covenant between us and God. So God promised all those things. He says, I'll forgive your sins as if you didn't sin before. He says, I will heal you. I'll protect you. Because I love you, I'll provide for you. And then... To a human being, that doesn't make sense. It sounds like it's too good to be true. Then God said, to show you that I'm serious about this, I'm cutting a covenant with you. I want to enter into a covenant with you. I gave you a simple example about marriage so that maybe you may understand it. You take a poor Esther who was an orphan. You remember the story of Esther? She was an orphan in a foreign land but when she was married, she got married to Xerxes the king, she became Queen Esther. So it means when I come into a covenant with God, he changes my identity. Amen. Amen. You saw last week we read about Abraham when he said, by the way, we said Abraham was from a place called Mesopotamia. They say somewhere in the Middle East around Syria, taking that, that side. His ancestors, like we read last week, it says they were worshipping idols. They worshipped false gods. Now, he comes into contact with this God who introduces himself to him and promises him so many things. And Abraham couldn't believe it. 
It's too good to be true. Then God said, I'm making a covenant with you to show that this is serious. So I gave you an example, even in a marriage, it doesn't matter how poor you were before you got married. If you are married to somebody who has everything, you also have everything. You understand that concept? So similarly, when I come into, con into a covenant with God, all that the father has belongs to me. You remember the story of a prodigal son? The prodigal son, that father had two sons. The other one, the prodigal son, went away, took everything and went away and wasted everything that he had. The elder son remained with the father. When the prodigal son came back and the father was happy, the elder son was not happy. The elder son says, your son came back, he wasted everything, now he came back and you are celebrating and rejoicing for him. Why? You never even made a thing for me. You never even gave me a goat to rejoice with my friend. You remember that story? What did the father answer? The father said, all that I have is yours. But the elder son didn't know. So it's the same thing with us now. When you do not know what is yours, you will be eating crumbs instead of feasting because you are a child of the king. Tell your neighbor you are a child of the king. <clears throat> a child of the king is a prince or a princess. Amen? Because he has got a covenant with us. So all the good things that he has in store for us, he sealed them in the covenant, in the blood of Jesus, to say this cannot be changed. Look at this. Genesis 17, 1 to 2. When NLT, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I'll make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. I want you to look at this closely. He comes to Abraham and he introduces himself as El Shaddai, God Almighty. In other words, he comes to Abraham and says, I'm the all-powerful God. And I want to enter into a covenant with you so that the power that I have may benefit you. So if I were just to tell you that I want this power to benefit you, you might doubt me, so we're going to cut a covenant. I told you when people get married, let's say now maybe you were doubting, ish, I think I don't have many things, I'm poor, but this person I'm going to get married to, they've got everything. So you're not sure if they are serious before the day they say I do, isn't it? So on that day, when they say I do and they put something here in you, you know it's done. So similarly, when God says, now verse 2, he says, he says, I'm almighty, but verse 2, he says, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. So in a covenant, parties do not have an option to do otherwise. They follow the terms of the covenant. So let me give it this simple to you. Do you know that many people say, you never know, God may decide to heal me, sometimes he may decide not to heal me. God may protect me, sometimes he may decide not to protect me. That's not covenant. Because in a covenant, he says, 
I am binding myself to this. I'm committing myself to you. And my word is my bond. Amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says God has exalted his word even above his name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So it means if you have seen anything in the word, God says I am committed to it. Yeah. You are not the one who's binding God to it. God bound himself to it. Because of the covenant that we have with Jesus. So when Jesus was on the cross, he said, the blood that was shed there will cleanse all your sins. So it means when you come, you repent, no matter how many sins you had. When you are repenting and you come before God and say, Lord, forgive me. He does not say, I will think about it. Sometimes I can forgive. Sometimes I don't. I just decide. He doesn't say that. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So that's why Jeremiah 1.12 says, you have seen well, when you have seen in the word, he says, I am watching over my word to fulfill it. Amen. In other words, if there are terms of a contract, there are terms of a covenant between me and you, I'm going to keep my part of the contract. Yeah. Now, Psalms 87 verse 34 NLT. Look at this. God says himself. I'll read this one and you guys will catch the next. Psalms 87 verse 34 in the NLT, New Living Translation. Listen to this. God says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I have said. Who said that? God. He says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I have said. So in other words, he is bound to his word. So all that I do when I'm believing him, I'm not binding him to anything. I'm just believing what he told me. And when I believe it, he says, I'm watching over my word to fulfill it. I am the one who promised to provide for you. I even called myself Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. I am the one who promised to heal you. I even call myself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. I am the one who is covenanted to you to defend you. I even called myself Jehovah Nis, your banner. I am the one who promised to give you peace and I call myself Jehovah Shalom, your peace. That's, he's so much in covenant with us that he even gave himself names that benefit us as part of the beneficiaries of the covenant. So when he says, I will not break my covenant, it means those people who think, you never know. You know, God may promise to protect you and sometimes he doesn't protect you. So if he doesn't protect me, what would he have done? He would have broken the covenant. And he says, I'm not going to break my covenant. And he even says, I will not take back a single word I said. So usually people who usually say, you never know, God can, you never know, they don't read the word. Because God himself says, I will not take back a single word I have said. That's a covenant statement. So when he gets into a covenant with me, the first thing that he did with us, 
is to forgive our sins. Because even if I mention a lot of benefits that are there in the Lord, if you are not yet a child of God, if you haven't given yourself to him to forgive you your sins, you are not yet in the family. So you cannot enjoy the benefits of the family. So all the things that I'm going to share with you, every promise that you see in the word of God, you've got to first come into the family to enjoy the benefits. And the way for us to come into the family is by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And believe that our sins are forgiven. Irrespective of what sin you've done in the past. Last week I shared this with you. The difference between atonement and remission. You remember when we were partaking of the Holy Communion? I reminded you what the blood of Jesus does as opposed to what the blood of bulls in the old covenant used to do. So in the old covenant, once a year, the high priest would come and go into the most holy place and offer sacrifices so that people's sins may be forgiven. Okay? And then what they used to do is that they would take, they would slaughter animals and they would take the blood of the animals for an atonement. And I told you, atonement is covering. So it's almost like their sins were covered. And I gave you an example that if I put, if this, you don't know whether this uh, table here is very old, isn't it? Yeah. It might be very old with all the spots and all that. So if, if we've put this cloth here, it's covered. You can't see it. But it's not taken away. It means the guilt conscience will always be there that if the pastor decides to open that, things will be not good. Okay? That's atonement. That's covering. So the guilt remains. That's what used to happen with the people in the old covenant. But with the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus washes whiter than snow. It means anything that you've ever done, when it comes under the blood, it's cleansed. In Isaiah 1, it says, though your sins be as red as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Amen. And I gave you an example to say the good thing with washing off, with the washing away of our sins, unlike covering, is that if, let's say now, the other time we, I gave this example, we were partaking of the Holy Communion, we used to use white cloth here. And then the grape, grape juice fell on the white cloth. Then it had the stain. You could see it's got stain. Okay? But then they went and washed it. They came the following week, they laid it, and we could not see any stain. So this is what happens when the blood of Jesus washes your sins. The enemy says, I know she's done it. I know she committed abortion. I know she did this and this and this. I know he murdered somebody. And then the Lord says, okay, let's go and look. Because this one has accepted Jesus. He checks. It's not here. No, but I know he did it. It's not here. And that's why the word of God says, God himself says, their sins I will remember no more. Because it's washed away. It's not covered. 
So go with me to the book of 1 John chapter 7, Amplified Classic. AMPC, 1 John 7. Now you will see that when my sins are forgiven, when my sins, when I walk in the light, then my sins get forgiven, washed away, and I'm a brand new person in Christ. 1 John 1, 7, Amplified Classic. Do you have it? Okay, I'll take it. But if we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, does what? Cleanses us, removes us from all sin and guilt. Keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. You see that? So the blood of Jesus cleanses us and cleanses us from all sin and even guilt. You know why there is no more guilt? If it's washed away, it cannot be traced. You know that song we like saying, Wanyamalala. Wanyamalala. It's gone. The load of my sin has disappeared completely. It cannot be traced. There is no more trace. Amen. Because of the blood of Jesus. Then I can have this freedom. I can have this confidence when I approach the throne. Because if you go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 to 22, I just need to usher this one of the forgiveness of sin so that when I give you, I will take one element of the covenant and we will enjoy that. And I want you to be very confident that when God promised anything, he's able also to perform it. Amen. Hebrews 10, 16 to 22, Amplified Classic. This is the agreement, testament, covenant. Okay, so I told you last week, there it uses all the three words. Agreement, testament, covenant. Did you see that? Okay. Mm -hmm. That I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their hearts and I will inscribe them on their minds, on their inmost thoughts and understanding. And last week I told you again that the good thing with the new covenant is that he imprints his law in our hearts. So it means even when you don't have the Bible with you, the Lord tells you this is wrong. When you are going to sin, your heart tells you, uh -uh, you can't do this. And then you force to do it. But your heart will tell you it's wrong. You can't do this. And unlike the Bible which you can leave behind, you can't leave your heart behind when you go to sin. Amen? Amen. So your heart will be telling you, eh -eh, we don't live that way. Continue. He then goes on to say, mm -hmm. and their sins and their law breaking, I will remember no more. Oh, what did God say? He says their sins and their law breaking... I will remember no more. Why doesn't he remember it? Because it cannot be traced. He says, I will remember it no more. So when people tell you, you remember this one five years ago, she did this and this and this, tell them, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. 
old things are passed away and all things have become new. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I'm born again. More than the conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. It's good to be new, man. Not a renovation. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a renovation. I'm brand new. Because the difference is this. If you take an old house and renovate it, it may look like new, but it's not new. It's renovated. So, but when you come to Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new species of being. You are a person who just got born again. Amen. So, verse 18. Now, where there is absolute remission, forgiveness Mm. and cancellation of the penalty. I like that. So, it says remission is forgiveness and cancellation of the penalty. So, it means it's, it's cancelled. In Colossians, it says, actually, he took our sins and nailed them on the cross. The handwriting that was the the, the charge sheet that was charging us has been nailed to the cross. Amen. Of these sins and law-breaking, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Okay, go to verse 22. So if we know that Jesus has cleansed us We go to his throne without any guilt. That's why the Bible says, Come therefore before the throne of grace with boldness. Continue, 22. Let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts Mm. in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty evil conscience and you our see, bodies again our hearts are sprinkled and, and purified, purified from a guilt guilty. conscience yeah. so when you are a child of god and you believe in what the blood of jesus has done for you you should never have a guilt conscience anymore I told you some people usually because of guilt conscience, you find somebody coming here to the pulpit and saying, no, I'm not standing here because I'm righteous. I'm a sinner. So it means something is telling him. Mm-mm. But if I know that my, my, my sins are washed away, I can stand with boldness, with confidence, because I don't have a guilt conscience anymore. It's washed away. I'm forgiven. Amen. So, let's pick Jeremiah 33, 20 and 21 in the message translation. And then I'll take the second element beside forgiveness. I want us today to look at the protection part of the covenant. You know that the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt and he was about to deliver them, The animals were slaughtered, the lamb would be slaughtered, and then they would take the blood, apply the blood on the doorposts and the lintels. You remember that? And the Bible says, after you apply that, you must stay in the house, and no one must go out until morning. And that's where we say, 
I'm gonna stay right under the blood. I'm gonna stay right under the blood. I'm gonna stay right under the blood. Where the devil can do me no harm. That's, that's a, a, a covenant statement. That's a covenant song. It says, I'm going to stay right under the blood where the devil can do me no harm. And then you even say, no harm, no harm, no harm. No harm, no harm, no harm. Where the devil can do me no harm. You can sing that song with confidence if you understand what the blood of Jesus has done for you. But if you are not sure, you will be thinking, what if I just say I'm going to stay right under the blood of Jesus and now the enemy just kills me with an accident? Then you don't understand the covenant. Because he said, I must stay right under the blood. And when he sees the blood, he says he will not allow the destroyer to come and destroy me. So because I'm sealed by the blood of Jesus, the enemy cannot destroy me. I belong to God. Tell your neighbor, I belong to God. I am sealed by the blood of Jesus. So when the enemy sees that, he realizes this one is untouchable. But I've got to speak it myself. I've got to believe it myself and speak it. And God says my covenant I will not break. I will not alter anything that I've said. And now in Jeremiah 33, 20 and 21 in the message, he shows us how he has made a covenant with the sun and the moon. You know the covenant that he has with the sun and the moon? I'm not talking geography here. I'm talking what God says. He says, I've got a covenant with the sun and the moon. And they know when to come out and when to go down. Read. In, 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 in Jeremiah 33, 20 and 21, God says, if my covenant with day and my covenant with night ever fell apart so that day and night became haphazard and you never knew which was coming and when. Oh, imagine if the covenant that God has with the sun and the moon ever fall apart. And now you don't even know, like now, all of a sudden you just see, oh, it's, it's moon, it's night. Oh, at four o'clock, oh, it's day, it's, it's, it's this. He says, it doesn't happen that way. I have a covenant with them. So I've got a covenant with them that you can be guaranteed that it will always be like this. So when I was that side, we were in series for the couple's outing. I knew that I will come back in the morning. I didn't think, oh, you never know what God can do. It might just be night all the time. Yeah. You guys knew you were coming to church during the day. How did you know that? Because God has got a covenant with the sun and the moon. Amen. And it doesn't get broken. Yeah. So why is it that with you, sometimes you don't have a guarantee? That my master has, has given me a guarantee. Yeah. That he is my healer. Amen. My master has given me a guarantee. That he is my protector. He is my security. He is my defense. So I want us to look at that. Let's look at the book of Exodus 23:22 Exodus 23:22 So that you can see that when God gets into a covenant with us so this is the other thing that people used to do with covenants 
That's why you remember I said when a husband and a wife comes into a covenant, whatever belongs to the wife belongs to the husband. Whatever belongs to the husband belongs to the wife, isn't it? Now they are one. And if you come and attack one of them, you are attacking the other one. And I gave you an example where Jesus says to Saul, you remember in the book of Acts chapter 8 when Saul was persecuting the church? After he was struck down by the lightning, the voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It doesn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? So it means Saul, when he thought that he was persecuting the church, he was in essence persecuting God, who has a covenant with the church. And then he says, it will be hard for you to kick against the pricks. So I told you that for me, I don't fight my battles. If you try to fight with me, you, you've miscalculated because there's another force behind me. Amen? That's how covenant works. So in other words, God is on my side. He fights for me. And look at what he says in Exodus 23, 22, Amplified Classic. Now you will see that this is a covenant statement. So actually, if you understand covenant, most things when you read now in the Bible, you start seeing this is a covenant. But if you will indeed listen to and obey his voice and all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. So what did God say? So if I obey him, so my part of the covenant is just to obey him. Then he says, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will be an adversary to your adversaries. So those who come against you, I will fight them. Amen. Those who come against you, I will fight them. Because you are an apple of my eye. Have you ever noticed that with your eye? If anything wants to get in, you know that the front thing is very quick to close. It's very fast. You see, when you do this, even you don't have to think to say, let me close my eyes, something is coming. No, just try and do this. Then you will see that your eye straight like that. So if I'm an apple of God's eye, that's how fast God is when you try to touch me. Amen. 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 You cannot touch me. The other time I gave you this um, testimony of protection, blessing was there and Mr. Norkin was there. You see this problem of trying to fix things when you are not people who fix. So there's a heavy door. One of our garage doors is heavy. It's those wooden ones with many panels. And they, it's double or triple. It's, it's very big. Now, it, it, the door had, uh, was malfunctioning, so it had jammed up here. And then we were trying to sort some things here. And somehow one of the, uh, the cables that was fixing it snipped. And that door, a big, big door, is the, the weight of that door, I think it would be about 50 kg or 60. No, maybe even more than that. Probably, yeah, no, probably 120 kg. <laughs> and big, like that. So now it was coming, I don't know what speed, but just within that, within the second, because my head was there trying to fix. So, and I don't know how, so it's like these things that we see in movie. So my head was just taken like this, 
out of that thing. So that thing was like in split second, like this. Then <laughs> blessing and Mr. Lucas, uh, Pastor, are you fine? I said, the door didn't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> you see? And then I thought, if it was me thinking, imagine you seeing this, because it just, like this, it doesn't give you time to think. Yeah. I would not have come out on my own. But when the Lord intervenes, when the Lord sends his angels, then it's like it's a movie. Amen. And then you're out. Amen? Amen? That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen? Amen. That's the kind of God whom I trust to defend me. Amen. That's the kind of God whom I trust to protect me. Hallelujah. Wherever I go, Amen. the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Amen. That's why in Isaiah 54, verse 14, verse 15 and verse 17, Amplified Classic, Isaiah 54. I want to show you that God is so much committed to protecting me to defending me, that it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. My God is on my side. My God is my defense. Isaiah 54, 14, 15, shall, and 17. Yeah. You shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness in conformity with God's will and order. Mm -hmm. You shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. Okay, you shall be far from even a thought of oppression or destruction. Imagine, you will be far even from a thought of destruction. Mm -hmm. For you shall not fear, and mm -hmm. from terror, for it shall not come near you. So he himself says, terror will not come near me. So I will not be afraid. Verse 15. Behold, they may gather together and stir up strife, but it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife against you shall fall and surrender to you. You know why? <laughs> because I'm in covenant with God. It says, whoever tries to cause trouble for me shall fall and surrender to me. They are not necessarily surrendering to me. It's because now they realize I'm well covered. There's another force behind me. The power of the almighty God whom when he introduced himself to Abraham, he said, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Amen? So it says, they may plan and plot against you. You know, like people would say, oh, no, you know, there are so many enemies, there are people doing this, people are trying to do that, people want to bewitch me, people want to do that. They may do all those things, but they cannot succeed. Because he says he will be an enemy to my enemies. So now, why can they, can't they succeed? Go to verse 17. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Okay. How many weapons that are formed against you may prosper? None. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn it. Amen. Amen. So it means any weapon that is fashioned against me cannot prosper. Why? Because God is able to defuse it. Amen. Amen. No weapon that is formed against me shall ever prosper. And every tongue that shall raise up against me in judgment, I will condemn it. He says, this peace, righteousness, security, 
and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servants of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. So it is the Lord himself who declares that he is on my side. He declares that no weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. He declares that he is my defense. He is the Lord my defense. He fights for me. And the enemy cannot touch me. Amen? Amen. The Lord is my security. The Lord is my defense. And then in Hebrews 13 verse 6, Amplified Classic, again you see the confidence that we have if we are children of God. The confidence that we have if we are in covenant with God. Just to know that God is on my side. God is on my side. Amplified Classic, Hebrews 13, 6. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? It's in the Bible. So he says, I'm encouraged and I take comfort and confidence. I can confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can anyone do to me? He doesn't say, you never know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. And you know that many people who are usually fighting with people and they're calling people their enemies is because they don't trust God. It's like somebody saying, no, you know, they, 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 they bewitched me. They want to bewitch me. And you are a Christian and you can be bewitched. Who is in covenant with you? My Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So who should be defeated? They must be defeated. That's why it says you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So my God is my security. My God is with me. My God is on my side. That's why if you read Proverbs 3, 24 to 26, so this one, I like it. The, there are people sometimes who say we can't sleep. Uh, it's like there are things in my house. They come and they trouble us at night. I know when we were growing up, we used to be troubled by some of those. But since I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and started knowing who I am in Christ, those things don't come anymore. So I was even thinking, sometimes when I go visit rural areas, I think, where are those things that used to intimidate us? Because now I'm well covered. And they are no more there. I think they know now what I've got. Amen? But look at this. In Proverbs 3, 24 to 26. So, if you don't sleep well because of fear, if you don't sleep well because you are afraid of this and this, take this verse and make it your own. Proverbs 3, 24 to 26, NLT. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yes, you shall lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic, 
nor of the stormy blast or the storm and ruin of the wicked when it comes for you will be guiltless. Amen. So I want to take it in the NLT. It says, you can go to bed without fear. You will lay down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your... Is that in the Bible? Amen. Just like the Lord is my healer, the Lord is also my security. And when you believe these things, they work. But if you don't believe them, they don't work for you. So the Lord is my security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. It means the enemy is putting traps to catch us. But the Lord is my security. He keeps my foot from being caught in a trap. So I cannot be trapped by the enemy. And why do I do that? It's because I trust in God. You know that people of this world, when they want security, when they want protection, the problem with the protection of this world is that it's limited. Can I give you an example? If you want protection from, let's take it from witchcraft. Does a gun and soul just work? Okay, I thought they could. So it means it's limited. If you want security, from the other thing, the other one doesn't work. So in the natural, you need security for this, you need security for that, you need security for that, you need security for that, you need security for that. But when the Lord is my security, He is everything. Amen? He is everything. And in my mouth is the name of the Lord. So it means you need to know how to use the name of Jesus. So when you are in trouble, Jesus! You call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So the first thing that should come from your mouth when you are in trouble is not Maui! It's not your mother. You know how we grew up. Yeah, when we grew up, if you any trouble, quickly say, Maui! It's like, Mommy! Now you should learn to say, Jesus! Amen. Amen. Because when I call on the name of Jesus, no one can stand before me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have a victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have a victory. For when I call, name of Jesus, nothing can stand before me. Jesus, 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 I have a victory. It means even before you know a lot of verses as a newborn Christian, at least know the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. I used to like giving this example of the, 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 the hawk or, uh, yeah, a hawk 
that wants to take chicks, little chicks. So usually the hen, when it's got its chicks with it, if it sees a, sh a shadow of the hawk passing and knowing that it's one to come for my children, it usually makes a certain sound. And those little ones, the moment it makes sound, it does like this. It will say, Krr. and then the little ones would run and then the mother covers them. Yeah. So it's almost like they are saying, because for you, you say, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The rushes run into it and they are safe. So it means that chick, it's that the hen is saying, if you want to get my little ones, you will have to get me first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So you can't get my little ones. So imagine it's God talking about you and saying, you can't get my little ones, devil. I cover them. I defend them. I fight for them. But they need to know how to use the name of Jesus. They need to know how to run to the strong tower. Do you know that actually when we grew up still, some of the little ones, if mommy says krr, and they don't run, they get caught and taken away. Why? Because they didn't run to the strong tower. Amen? Amen. So sometimes you say, ah, oh, but why did this and this happen to that one? Why did this, 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 and this? If God says he's a strong tower, if he says he covers us with his feathers, so imagine those chicks. <laughs> the other one says, ah, oh, mommy, you said you cover us, but how did the other one now go? The other one was caught and now he's dead. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't come. They didn't run to mommy. So the strong tower was there, but they didn't get covered. So that's why even when we teach you these things, it's so that you can know the covenant that you have with God. To know that God is committed to you. But he has given us the name of Jesus. So if you read Psalms 20 verse 7, Amplified Classic, Psalms 20 verse 7, then you will see that people can trust in a lot of things. So I told you that in the world, when people want security, they can trust in that, in that, in that, in that, in that, in that, in that. But when you trust in the name of Jesus, you've got everything. You are covered on every side. Amen. So Psalms 20 verse 7, Amplified Classic. Some trust in and boast of chariots and some of horses. But we will trust in and boast of the name of the Lord our God. Hey. He says, some trust in horses and chariots. Horses and chariots were like used for war, military. So it's like military strength. Some trust in their military, military strength. Some trust in this and this and this. Some trust in Sangomas and Inyangas. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that is the same name that delivered David from the hands of Goliath. You remember when Goliath, Goliath was seasoned in battle. He came there, he was intimidating the children of Israel, and they were afraid, they were running away. But David, because he understood the covenant that he had with God, he said, I'll go and fight him. Saul says, you can't go and fight him, you are just a youth. 
He's such a big man and he's a man experienced in battle. David says, let me go. The God who delivered me from the power of a bear and a lion will deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. That's the power of a testimony. So next time when the enemy brings something in front of you, think of what God has done for you. And say, the Lord who did this for me, he will do it again. Amen. So he goes there and then Goliath looks at him and says, this young man, what is he coming to do here? He even said, am I a dog that you come with a stick and and a little bit of a whip like you will? Am I a dog? He says, come, I'm going to give your body to the carcasses of the, 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 the carcasses to, to the birds of the air. And then David says, when he goes to him, he says, you come to me with a spear, a javelin, and a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel whose armies you have divided. And there we go. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, Goliath, look at this. Goliath was well um, armed and he was big and all the things that were covering him. Actually, Goliath cheated a bit because he said, give a man that I might fight with him. You will hear the Bible saying his armor bearer was in front of him, the, the guy who, who, who held a shield for him. So the shield was carried by somebody else and Goliath had all those other things and he was coming. And then... To show that that was not just an ordinary stone. You come against me. I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Jehovah Sabaoth. The Lord of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And then the stone looked for just that opening. And the rest is history. Amen. Amen. So he came against him, not with his experience. Because sometimes when we fight the enemy, we want to use our experiences. Sometimes we come against the enemy because we know we can do this. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. So when the enemy is coming against me, whether it's through sickness or anything that he's doing against me, he is defying God's covenant in my body. Because God, his covenant is that he said he will take away sickness from among us. And he said he's my healer. So when the enemy comes against me, he's trying to defy the covenant that I have with God. And David says, no, you cannot defy the covenant that I have with God. Who is this circumcised, uncircumcised Philistine that can defy the armies of the living God? So let's conclude with Psalms 91. Because I want you to understand this, that the Lord is our security. The Lord is our defense. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my defense, the Lord my banner. And it's part of his covenant. In other words, protection is not an option. It's part of the covenant. So it means he doesn't say, hey, I will think about it. Just like when you come and you want to be forgiven, he doesn't say, I will think about it. He forgives you. Amen? Amen. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just.
to forgive us from all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So similarly, the same God who promised to cleanse all my sins, he's the same God who promised to heal me. He's the same God who promised to protect me. So I believe him. Yeah. Amen. The problem is that mainly you find that Christians, by and large, we are hearing a lot of other things beside what God has said. We are hearing a lot of people's experiences and believing in people's experiences rather than believing in God. Now, Psalms 91. I'm going to read this one, but when I'm going to read it, after this one, we are going to all praise God and thank God and worship God for the covenant that we have with him. I want you to think of all the things that are included in the covenant. And you say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for your protection upon my life. Thank you, Lord, for your peace in my heart. Look at this. Psalms 91 from when, verse 1 to verse 5. Then I will do 7 to 8, Amplified Classic. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Okay, I like this. You dwell in the secret place of who? The Most High. The Most High. Is there anything higher than the Most High? Those of you who know English, the Most High means the highest. So it's like if it was in, in case of law, in South Africa it would have been the Constitutional Court. If you win your case, then it's finished. Amen? So... If I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, imagine somebody who wants to attack me, go to their... Okay, when we grew up, there was this thing. There was an assertion that uh, the most powerful in Yangasa in Deben. I don't know about you. And now I think in Deben, they think the most powerful ones are in Zimbabwe. So now, if you are trusting in them, and then your enemy goes to the one stronger than yours, they will still get you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But if I go to the highest, Amen. I'm covered. Yeah. That's why it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, you see now where you need to say, you need to speak. When you keep on hearing me speaking things upon my life, it's because I'm using my faith, I'm using my mouth to speak so that things can become real in my life. Faith, it's not only believing with your heart, but it's also speaking with your mouth. We have the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. So he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. So we need to say that. And my fortress, my God on him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions, or with, and under his wings you shall trust and find refuge. You see those wings again. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a battle. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. A thousand may fall at your side, 
and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall, not, it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be, you yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. So it says, I'm so much covered that I will just see things happening. Them not coming near me. Because I'm inac inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. I'm hidden in him. And he says, verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. Why? Because you have made the Lord your refuge. You have made the Lord your security. You have made the Lord your defense. 4, verse 11. He will give his angels special charge over you to accompany you and defend and preserve you in all your ways and service. You see what he does? He gives his angels charge over me to protect me to defend me and preserve me in all my ways. That's why I'm not, I keep on telling you, the enemy cannot even kill me through an accident. Why? Because the angels, the angels have got to do their work. The example that I gave you, that thing, that was, I could see that the enemy had planned something. But the angels had to come through for me. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. So he will give his angels special charge over you to accompany you and defend you and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So it means wherever I go, you know people of the world, especially the high-ranking government officials, you'll find that when they are coming, their car, there will be a convoy of other cars accompanying them. So imagine they are accompanying like that, those people are able to protect them from dangers that if other people come against this official with a gun, then they can defend, isn't it? But if that car, there's an accident, let's say the truck from the other side veers off and then it's coming to this, do the soldiers protect that car? Huh? You've heard of Another minister who was killed in a car crash when he had, the, he was accompanied. But a car crash, you can't stop it with police or with soldiers. But when I'm accompanied by the angel of the Lord, I'm covered on every front. Amen. And it's, it's one thing for everything. It's the name of Jesus for everything. Amen. And that's why I want you to understand that as a child of God. So we are going to take this time, take some few minutes, and just go and worship and thank God for the covenant that we have with him. And to just say, Father, thank you for forgiving my sins, that there is no more guilt now in me. You have washed my sins away, that I can approach your throne with boldness, without any guilt. I thank you that... You are the Lord my security. You are the Lord my defense. You are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, the Lord our victory. 
I thank you that you are the Lord, my healer. You've taken sickness away from among us. I thank you that you are the Lord, our peace. You are Jehovah Shalom. Amen. Amen. Just go and thank him. Go and bless him. Go and praise him and worship him. And tell him who he is to you. Amen. Worship team, you can come to the fore. You can take that song that we, you ended with just before we shared the word. Let's use that one. And after that, we're going to give you a chance, every one of you, go before the Lord and worship him. Go before the Lord and thank him. He has done so much for us. He has done everything for us. And if you look why then this is a covenant, like I told you when I began, if it was just an ordinary agreement, sometimes you would not know if it will be done. But in a covenant, God says, my covenant I will not break, neither will I take back a single word that I have spoken. Amen. So we're going to worship.